Stories podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm Hayden Lee. How's it going? So first off, guys, I need a little hand with something. So I've been talking to this girl, Laura Russell. She's just come back from India, right? And she's decided to pack in her job and go traveling. Amazing, right? But she also said, I'm telling you this so that you can hold me accountable. So when October rolls around, I'll remind you guys and we'll catch up with Laura and see how her plans are going. On to today, Juliana Deva is an actress and a travel blogger and can be seen in the TV series Castle. When she's not acting, she can be found somewhere around the globe, testing her limits, facing her fears, things like that. And you may have noticed the word Russophile in the title of this episode. Yes, I had to look it up, but I knew it existed. Juliana has, what would you call it, a fascination with Russia that stems from her childhood, which we do dive into in the interview. It's so much fun talking to Juliana, as you can probably tell by my constant laughing throughout the interview. I know you guys are going to love this one. So let's dive into Juliana's story and our interview with Juliana Deva. The second time I went to Russia, I was taking a language class. And one of the options, which to me was clearly the best option, was that you get to stay with a Russian family. This just conjured images of sitting around the tables, speaking tumbles of of Russian to each other, learning and, uh, you know, having all kinds of pelmanis and vodka and, and ha ha ha, laughing together. What I didn't bargain for when we arrived on that rainy afternoon in front of one of these beautiful old buildings is just a, a young man standing in front of the building. Driver drops me off and I meet this man, Maxime. My Russian is really limited, and uh, he doesn't speak any English, which is sort of the point, because it's an immersion, and it forces you. But it also leads to quite a few misunderstandings and just a lot of confusion. So Maxime takes my bag, and we start going up the stairs, all five stories. We get into this beautiful apartment and it's dark and there's no one there and in my broken Russian I ask him which is where are your parents and he says you know they're at the dacha which is their summer home or and and I and I go oh and I ask him for two nights or for the whole time and he says the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, 
awesome. So it's me and a 24-year-old Russian dude. So I'm, I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling a little concerned. Like, I don't know him. I, I, I suppose it's okay. Um, he gives me his parents' room. You know, the relationship is is a bit unusual. I mean, and, and, and because I have learned Cyrillic to write it, I, I can I can write in it, which is good, I suppose. So sometimes I'll try to write notes to him. Like, we, we communicate from notes. Like, <laughs> one time I came home from school and that those Russian family dinners that we're supposed to be having, he has left me a bowl of farfalle pasta that he, he's graciously boiled. Next to it is a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> and it, and he, in Russian, he writes to me, um, here is your dinner. Like, have a good night. <laughs> so it was a little rocky at the beginning. Um, but I did have his phone number. And this is 2008. And I have one of those little, like, Nokia phones. And before I left, my husband had given me um, an iPod, an iPod, and it was the newest version that had uh, it was Wi-Fi enabled, which was like magic back then. There were no iPhones yet. When I would go to bed at night, I would lock my door, just because you know, like safety first. One morning. Um, I hear Maxime, uh, presumably making breakfast, God knows what it is this time, <laughs> and then he leaves. I get up, I start to prepare to go to my language classes. I turn the handle of my uh, room, and it's locked. From, like, I can't unlock the lock, locked like from the outside locked. I was suddenly trapped in this room and me being a worst case scenario person, I, I'm like, oh my God, what the building catches on fire? This is five stories up. How am I gonna get out? I'm starting to panic. Um, I, I get MacGyver on it. I grab my curling iron. I stick one of the, like the, you know, the American plugs are, are flat. I try to use it as a makeshift screwdriver to undo the entire apparatus of the doorknob. Um, and I'm just trying to be calm. For whatever reason, my phone, this Nokia phone that I have, it's not like you could switch out SIM cards. So I can't, I can't call him. I don't know anyone else in Russia. I'm like, think, think, think. I take my iPod and I go to the window because I remembered as I was experimenting that every once in a while, the restaurant on the bottom floor, their Wi-Fi would drift up. And I was, and it was like every five days. <laughs> I was like, let this be the day, let this be the day. I, I go to the settings and bah, I'm on. And this is where it gets a little ridiculous. I email my best friend, Rachel, in Los Angeles. And I say, I am trapped in a fifth floor bedroom in St. Petersburg and I can't get out. Like I, I even scrolled in Cyrillic, I am stuck in here, Maxime, on a piece of paper and slid it under the door in case he came back. So I wait. 
Fortunately, it was uh, it, the, the time of day Rachel was at work. She saw the email and she said, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Which was an excellent question. I wrote her back and I said, can, if I give you Maxine's phone number, can you call him? And then she writes me back and says, how do I call Russia? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Google it. I don't know. And so I'm sitting there trying to stay calm, hoping for no grease fires below. She gets permission from her boss. I send her Maxine's phone number, praying the Wi-Fi holds. She is able to call Maxime. She speaks zero Russian and just keeps saying, Juliana, Juliana. And he's like, da, da. She's like, trapped, go home, trapped in your house. And through the magic of me catching just a little bit of Wi-Fi from downstairs, sending a message from St. Petersburg to Los Angeles, and then having her call from Los Angeles back to St. Petersburg, which is quite possibly the longest distance to get a message to anyone who is in the same exact city. Maxime came home and unlocked the door from the outside. And I was sprung from my Russian prison by the graces of spotty Wi-Fi. Hey guys, Hayden here. Just a quick message to say that on behalf of the whole team here, we truly appreciate you listening to the show. We really do. We love creating it and we really hope we're bringing you into a space of inspiration. Please feel free to let us know how we're doing or just come and say hey on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All of the handles are Backpack Digital. Right then, I've got a dash. I've left the handbrake off in my car and it's just past number 18. A uh, 16, 40. Oh, it's heading for the main road. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Back to the show. How's it going? How's your day going? <laughs> it's uh, it's going fantastic. It's sunny. It's no longer raining. This makes me happy. Mm, yeah, you're in LA, right? <laughs> I am, yeah. Nice. And I'm asking that like we haven't been talking for the past half hour. So, <laughs> no, but you know what? You played it off so well. It's are you an actor? <laughs> I've always <laughs> wanted to be actually. When I was when I was younger, I used to go to these um I, I'm already on a story. I, this is what happens. As soon as someone <laughs> says anything, someone could say, "Hey, I got a new sofa." I'd be like, "The interesting things about sofas, right?" <laughs> so, no, when I was younger, I uh, I went to this uh, what's it called? This not an acting class, but it was like a theater group. And uh, we had to do this thing. We were in this cellar. This sounds like this is going downhill fast, but we were in this cellar and uh, we had to be kind of uh, tortured victims in this kind of medieval cellar. And people would come in, you know, and it'd be like we were we were making the the kind of place seem like it was back in the day. And ever since then, I was like, man, I want to get into acting, but I just never have. Is it is it fun? <laughs> I mean, well, uh, first of all. Are you sure you were in an acting class? <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These blokes take us down to this thing. And yeah, we were tortured as well. So it was authentic, you know. <laughs> I mean, you might want to do a little bit of more therapy around this. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Suspect is all I'm saying. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't recall ever being tortured in a cellar uh, in any of my acting classes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I did uh, I did train in Russia, so I, uh, I I spent a good amount of time in Moscow in the winter, which um, is a wow. torture unto itself. <laughs> but uh, it's always been great fun. It's really about you know freeing yourself up to have a sense of play and. And just being in that moment, which, you know, in, in a lot of ways translates into what's, you know, the very best way to be a traveler, you know. So there's a for me, there's a lot of crossover between those two, I think. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's that I was talking with uh, Eric Trules, actually. He's uh, he's a guy from New York and he he used to be I think he used to be in a lot of theater and he was a clown as well, which I found super interesting. And uh, he was saying that the crossover there between theater and obviously acting and uh, and travel is this vulnerability, is this putting yourself out there outside of your comfort zone and kind of opening yourself up to to whatever happens to however it can be received by the people you know in acting and with travel i mean i think every episode i talk about vulnerability is that something that you find in acting as well oh yeah i i don't i think the basis of of someone being able to connect with you is when you're vulnerable mm. because your your wall is down right you're you're completely open and you're you're not judging it and you're like here i am and i think that's when when you're telling a story, it's when people connect to it the most, that are affected the most, that are, are able to really see that humanity, you know? So, absolutely. Oh, totally. It's like you said, it's the way we connect. Like when you're, I always give the example of when, when you don't know where you're going and you want to find your way to somewhere and there's a local there, you go up and you ask. And that's you making yourself vulnerable. And because you've made yourself vulnerable, you've kind of humanized yourself in a way you know and you can yeah. see that we're all just we're all just people we're all just you know hanging out <laughs> so yeah for sure and it's it's the best i mean for years i've been saying that and i, I even uh, organized an entire trip for two of my girlfriends for their birthday where i you know they one whom had never left the united states but the whole thing was we are going to talk to strangers and uh I think it scared them. <laughs> well, at least I know it scared one of my friends. And it was great because, you know, I have, I, I have some amazing friends from that, that I stay, which is great. So, you know, anytime I go to the Netherlands now, I've, you know, I've got a place to stay and subsequently Iceland. Um, so, you know, it's just like, and, and, and even if, you know, you're not looking for a virtual pen pal, you've still got, you know, just so many possibilities of what to do and people love telling you where their favorite places are so suddenly you're you know in some little neighborhood that's not a bunch of tourists and you know you're making friends and everybody's singing somehow singing and dancing happens a lot around me <laughs> I, I i inspire dance parties and dance offs and <laughs> this is something i enjoy trying to find ways to to uh organize so yeah nice nice now we're having uh we're having the legend that is rolf potts on the show fairly soon right and yeah. as i understand it you've got a little bit of a story with rolf potts and and dance offs <laughs> could you uh, let our listeners in on this this is this is a story, Hayden, of, of triumph, and, <laughs> and, and yet also the agony of defeat, <laughs> or if you want to be really cheesy, Denise, um, because I, uh, yeah, I spent, 
in the summer uh, in Paris with Rolf uh, the year before last. And uh, we were, uh, you know, it was a travel writing. It was brilliant. It was just super intense. And at the end of this month, um, I, <laughs> I carry portable speakers with me everywhere and love it or hate it for people who would travel with me. I'm always trying to get an opportunity to have a dance off uh, or at least a dance party because people want to dance. They all want to dance. They just want someone else to coax it out of them. Mm, it's vulnerability, um, isn't so, it? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, we were at someone's house and, uh, I plugged the phone in and, and, you know, as the night progressed, people were warming up, loosening up and, you know, they, and they were all dancing. And then, uh, Ralph even popped on. I forgot what song it was. It was, I mean, it was '90s hip hop, and <laughs> and I was like, "That's it, dance off." And um, we both dropped down, and uh, you know, like that little bit lower now kind of thing, and pop back up. And he's, you know, and he immediately concedes. He's like, "Well, you won, but that's not really fair because I'm like fully." a foot shorter than him at least he's like you're short and uh so you can get closer to the ground it's not fair and i said okay pots let's do this again and um because i have like this russian movement training i pull out my my moscow moves and i like get fully down to the floor and then move my knees forward so they're touching and then move my head all the way back so it's touching and then i pop back up and everybody's like oh snap you just you bested him and i'm like see see high fives and then I realize I can't really move my knee. Um, <laughs> and uh, the whole way home and for the next four months, um, I actually had acupuncture. I mean, don't tell Rolf. I'm sure he's not going to listen to this, right? <laughs> like, I still want him to think that I won and I, like, I, you know, I walked off just like a winner. But I'm um, talking to him soon, so I might have to bring it up. <laughs> I might have to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just remind him of, like, Remember that time when Juliana Dever beat you at a dance off in Paris? And he'll just be like, yeah, yeah. And just leave, just leave it there. And he'll just, just be sad. I don't want to make him sad. No, That's not cool. No, just be like, good times, right? And just leave it. <laughs> just oh, man. There, you know? and I, I totally just got when you said Denise instead of defeat before. That's genius. That's I was terrible. thinking, who's Denise? Who's that? But... Denise who? <laughs> yeah. Love what it. Love it. Story. <laughs> yeah. She also oh, lost dance off. Okay, yeah, of record. course, everyone did. Everyone did, apart from you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So the uh, the Moscow moves—they reign supreme. I love that. I love that. So, um, how long did you live in uh, in Russia, by the way? Um. So twice. Um. The first time was um. It was it was for the uh, winter. So it wasn't very long. It was just like a January, a little bit of January, a little bit of February. I was in Moscow. Um, I had been training with the Moscow Art Theater in um, Harvard um, in Boston. And um, then they invited me to do a program in Moscow um, after that. So, and then I went back Okay, can I tell you something? This is just me and you, right? Like yeah, we can go really off the air. Uh, we can go off the air. Uh, <laughs> or not, you know? Like people can think I'm crazy. Well, okay, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what it is. We'll see what it is first. <laughs> so we're gonna do. We're gonna see just how crazy I sound, and then you decide, you know. <laughs> do I want the do I want them to think I'm interviewing off kilter people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for, growing up, I was so um, attracted to like to Russia in a way that is inexplicable for 
a little kid growing up in, in rural Missouri who has no Russian contact. So much so that I would like read, uh, I would carry around a, a Berlitz book and I learned Cyrillic. I, I was just, I was obsessed. I, anything like Baryshnikov did, I, you know, and, and, and truly what, what like really blew my mind was the whole Romanov story. And, and I became obsessed and, and then it became this driving force that I had to get to Russia. Totally could not. And people say why I'm like, I, the only thing I, I can't explain it. I don't know. So I went to Moscow. I, uh, and which of course was hand in hand with, you know, my desire to train as an actor. And then I had to go back. I just simply had to learn how to speak Russian. It was, it was something I had to do. And so I lived in St. Petersburg for the summer during white nights, which is a really magical time. And St. Petersburg is just, I don't Have you been there? I haven't. I'm going there in uh, about August time, I think. Ah, it's, it's just, it's beautiful and the art and the people and there's, I can, I'll tell you about this museum another time because it's a total side story that you should go to, but it's just incredible. And there was, when I was there in, um, in the summertime, there was a, um, they had opened up the Romanov's home and, um, you know, you have the, the Hermitage and the pal, you know, the palaces and all of these things, but this was their home and it was sort of overgrown and they had recently found some of the bones of the family. And this story just caught my imagination as a child. And, and, uh, I really sort of began to believe that I might have in a previous life been one of the Romanovs. And I really thought that maybe I was Anastasia because that was like the most romantic idea. Cause she, you know, apparently lived whether, you know, you believe that or not. Um, and then when I went there, I went through the home and I went through each room and I went out back and there was a, a memorial to the family. And I just sat there and I, and I, I went to where they had interred the bones finally. And then everything I ever, every compulsion I ever had to go to Russia, it just dissolved. Like I went home and I was like, I'm good. And, and, and again, I have no explanation to this story. I, I, I don't like, and then I also thought, well, I'm, after I read more about it, I realized I was really Olga and not Anastasia. (laughs) (laughs) It's the craziest thing. Like, I don't, I can't even tell you that I definitively believe in like having other lives. I don't know, but I, I, it's the only thing I can use to explain this driving force that kept sending me back to Russia. And then when I made some sort of peace with it, I was like, all right, I can, I've released it. I can go, I can move on now. It's it's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> that's so weird. It's so cool. You can decide if that's too crazy for. <laughs> <laughs> man, for that's... I will leave that in your hands. But yeah, I don't know. I, uh, man, I love I, that. That's I so to cool. Say I go back um, just for the fun of it, um, for the art, and for the the kind and amazing, vibrant souls that I met there, the people. But yeah, I don't need to go anymore, and I desperately needed to go. Mm. So it's. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. And it reminded me of like, we had, uh, we had this girl on Brittany Felix, and uh, she was so fun to talk to. And she, she was one of those girls that was obsessed with, with Paris when she was growing up, you know, in a similar, but maybe not as intense way as yourself. And, uh, there was no, you know, previous lives. Maybe there was, maybe there was, I don't know. Maybe, but, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No one knows. But, <laughs> so anyway, so she got to, she got to Paris eventually and 
we were we were we were talking on the unpacking episode me and the team and we were like well when you're when you really want to get somewhere and you're imagining it and you're picturing it in your head like can it live up to that you know can it live up to and when she went there it lived up to it and beyond it was more than she was expecting and for me for me that place was brazil and i went there and i had had this thought in my head everyone's got a thought in their head of what the place is going to be like before you get there maybe it's just a little feeling or a vibe you've got in your head and then you get there and it looks nothing like you thought in your, or for me at least it looked nothing like it did in my head nothing like it at all but it was still that good it was still as good as the one that was in my head so what was it like yeah. for you when you first got to Russia was it was it like it was in your head or was it different and you still enjoyed it or what was that like you know it was like it I, I still I still feel that feeling I it was everything I thought and more it really was it was just uh, you know like if you've seen I, I'm trying to think of like the was it like that that old children's cartoon with the the boy named Simon and everything he drew came true? Like, I think um, that's an American thing. I know? have no is idea. Well, you know what? I, here's why I think it's like English is because the song was always sung by people with British accents. Oh, but really? I don't know. That's the thing you do. It <laughs> yeah, yeah. doesn't mean it's British. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it always was like, and the things he draws come. Well, you know, my name is Simon, and the things I draw come true. Anyway, total sidebar. Point is, it really like for me. Russia was almost like a painting in my head, like, and then to stand there in Red Square, which is uh, like all of a sudden it just, it, it comes, it crystallizes into these red, these glowing, there's these beautiful red stars that are around the sides of the wall and you see the the like these candy colored cupolas of St. Basil's Cathedral and the snow was falling gently and it's nighttime and you're just like breathing and you're just like wow like there's something so mythical about Russia to me that to be standing there and for it to be an actual real place I I, I just I I was speechless which is not to say that over the course of a month, day in, day out, you're kind of like, okay, this place is so different. But that first moment, it was, it was what dreams are made out of. Oh, man. That's, uh, that's an advert for travel, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> man, because you're so right. You first get to a place, the first thing that hits me is the smell, you know? You get to a place, and especially if it's somewhere like India or somewhere like that, the first thing it hits it's me is the smell, and then mm -hmm. it's the sights, then it's the sounds for me, and it's just it's so hard to put into words. But I think you just I think you just nailed it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But you know, like if we're going to talk about senses, let's never underestimate taste oh, because yeah, true, true. eating around the world is ah. Yeah. Isn't it the best? Oh man, like I, there's one there's one thing that I need to go back to Vietnam for and that's I I tried to get it here in the UK. I've tried to get it in other countries, but it's it's very simple. Just rice and uh morning glory, I think they call it, just with a bit of soy sauce. And I've I've kind of had little kind of it's kind of like that, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. Oh man. You know, and wait, but is this like is it is it a gift or like something to torture you with? Because once you know what's out there and you can't just like ring it up and have it delivered to your house or like go out. <laughs> and then like for me, it's Georgian food. Mm. And I mean, uh, many, many things, but I, you know, that was the first time I ever had Georgian food. And 
it had the only other time I've had Georgian food is when I went back to Russia and I, it sends me over the moon so much so that I'm planning a trip to Georgia this year because I'm like, I need, like I, it, now that I know what I'm missing, it's almost better not to know because then you're not, it's not an itch, right? That you have to go find yeah, a way true. to scratch again. True, true. But I think it would, uh, I think it would devalue it though if you could just head down the road, get it as a takeout, you know? It'd be like you'd have it too much and then it, you know, if you have too much of something that's amazing and it's just, nah, it's just that thing is again, it, you know? Is it, Hayden? <laughs> pizza. Do you ever get tired of pizza? Because oh, I don't. Oh, you're so right. Oh, God, I'm so wrong. I, I could not be more wrong. <laughs> I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and this is definitely one of those times. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I keep hearing about Georgia. I keep hearing it's like the coolest place ever. I can't wait. I can't wait. This trip has been in the works for, well, I mean, I've been wanting to go since I've been to Russia, but I've been working um, with different people on making this a reality, and now it's closer than it ever has been. So keep your fingers crossed. Send the good travel juju because... I, I'm I'm looking at May and I I see Kinkali and I see <laughs> and you know what else is so great about Georgian food, you being a vegetarian, is that they, unlike like say Russia or France or Spain where it can be really difficult, they have so much vegetarian food. Mm. And it's brilliant. It's like there's a dish that makes me like just melt and it's it's eggplant i don't know if you're an eggplant fan but as a vegetarian it's such a kind of hearty oh, staple it's amazing yeah you just whack it in the middle of something it's great oh, yeah. yeah and then they take it and they slice it long ways thin and grill it and then they make a paste out of garlic and walnuts and herbs and and then they put uh um, pomegranate seeds in it and roll it up inside this eggplant. And it's like they, all their dishes are just magical like this. They, they have like the, the, um, kachapuri, which is the bread with the cheese in it. And sometimes they'll crack an egg in the top and cook it and it'll get golden and bubbly and just a little runny and, and all their kinkali dumplings, like so many vegetables. Like there is so much vegetarian food. You could just like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you would have a different meal every day for weeks and you would just be so happy. Oh man, should we should we stop for dinner and come back to this? Because <laughs> yeah, you don't see it, guys. All right, we'll be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that. I'm gonna have to go there and check that out. But then that's the thing. But then I won't be able to get it. Like, <laughs> I know. Blessing or curse? Blessing or curse? <laughs> well, pizza, 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 pizza. Just remember. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now you said something just before before we started going on the air. Is that how you would say that? I suppose you would. Okay. <laughs> yeah, before we started going on the air it sounds wrong i'm gonna go with it you said something you said i'm not selling anything except for embracing the fear and getting out there and traveling that is one of the coolest things i've ever heard i love that (laughs) i love that i uh yeah it's true uh it's you know people talk a lot about you know how do you make a living doing what you love and you know it was never my idea at the beginning to start a travel blog but you know i am also an actor and so I've been active on social media for a long time, but I've been traveling like 75, 125,000 miles a year in tandem and putting all of that on my social media. And so it just became a a natural progression that because I love writing and photography, that a travel blog would spring from this. And a lot of people talk about, oh, how do you monetize that? And um, I haven't really put a lot of thought into that yet because... For me, it's just been so much about 
the the enthusiasm and the abject fear that I have when I travel. And and I'm not one of those really cool, you know, extreme travelers, backpackers, people who take all these risks. And and I just I admire them and and I'm just, I'm just not that cool. I'm really not. I am freaking <laughs> terrified of so many things. In fact, I'm terrified to fly. So just imagine like I'm in, I'm on a plane uh, every other week, every month. And it's really, I hate it. But I just, the the fear I have of that, I can't let it stop me from travel because the rewards are so great but it's not when when i land there's just like oh the fear goes away now i'm gonna do all this cool crazy stuff no i i'm scared of everything um and it's you know it's 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 hard to admit that because people want to believe like they want you to be kind of an, an avatar and like well this is like the indiana jones this cool girl who goes out and i want to be just like her and, and i'm just here to tell you that there might be people out there that are fearless. I'm not one of them. But the important message is do it anyway. Just do it anyway. And like it, what you're going to get back it is going to be so much greater than that fear, you know, that's stopping you. It's going to be worth it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the basis of what my travel blog is about. And I really need to write more stories about the things that I'm afraid of. I've, I've had so many fun adventures that I wind up writing a lot about them, but I, I want to address that more because I know I'm not alone. I know a big reason why a lot of people, you know, there's many reasons and, and I, I'm honoring all of them, but I, I do think that for people who are able, fear stops them. I, I know for a fact that's, you know, why some of my friends in the Midwest hadn't traveled because it's like, it's unknown. Like, what if they can't understand me when I talk? What if I don't understand the money? What if I get on a, a, a train and I go the wrong direction? What, what if, what if, what if, and what are the people like? Do they hate Americans? Do they, you know, are they, am I going to be vulnerable? So it's like, just get out there. I just, I promise you, like, it's going to be, it, it's this planet, this, it's, it's our own, like, fairy tale wizard of oz like you get to get out there and it's going to be amazing it's going to change your life oh yes that's amazing see i should just i'm gonna i'm gonna head off and you should just i'll keep recording and you can just <laughs> carry on talking and we'll just go hello on. everybody you've got juliana dever here with travel stories and <laughs> yes, there we go there we go <laughs> hayden was having a pizza and uh... <laughs> oh, i'm so hungry now <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, man, you're so right about that fear. It's feeling the fear and doing it anyway, and it's stepping outside of the comfort zone. I mean, we, we've we've heard people talk about stepping outside of the comfort zone, but that is that is it. It's feeling fear. You know, we we think of stepping outside the comfort zone over here, doing something that I never usually do. But you forget to think that that thing that you never usually do will probably scare you. And in order to step outside of that comfort zone to reap the rewards of using and utilizing your vulnerability, you have to feel some fear. That's yeah. so interesting. I love that. And you know what's what's crazy, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about, is that you know people are like, "Oh, face your fear, conquer it." I, I, I um, I know on on some levels, like traveling out there in the world and and getting comfortable. There's a difference between I'm afraid to get on a train and buy a train ticket when I don't even speak the language, and I might get lost. Versus, I'm very afraid. Like for me, I I don't like. I don't like movement and, and I'm totally clumsy 
again, I'm not cool. I'm just so not cool. Uh, so like, I don't like, I don't like flying. I don't like riding camels, you know, but, but it is an experience. So there's the one of like, I'm going to face this fear and buy a train ticket. And you know what? It's going to become comfortable and I'm not going to be scared of it. And now I'm going to, I'm just going to go out there and do it. And it's going to be, it's just leveled. I've leveled up. But then there's the, I'm really just terrified of being this high off the ground on this unpredictable animal. And I've done it twice now to prove that I can do it. And that fear has never been conquered. So mm. it's interesting. But what it has done is not given me a sense of, yeah, I can ride any camel now. I'm ready for camel races. It's just like, you know what? I was afraid. I did it. In fact, the entire time I was on it, I was afraid. And I was kissing the ground when I got there and I'm going to be scared if I try to do it again. But it's more just like, it's something you can put in your pocket, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know metaphorically what I'm saying, but it's something you can go, you know what? I was afraid and I d- didn't conquer it, but I did it anyway. And that's just something to be proud of. You know, like you can't always expect that the rewards that you conquered something and you're going to be, you know, a, a pro at it. It's just kind of nice to know that you that you did it anyway. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's growth, isn't it? Even if it's just, yeah. even if you don't get over the fear, it's still growth. Even if you still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You did it anyway. You did it. Yeah. And it's weird for me. So I've, I don't think I've talked about this on the show before, but for me, it's kind of strange. I'm in a strange position when it comes to fear and anxiety and stuff, because I think I've gone too far. And what I mean by that <laughs> is uh, when I was younger, when I was about 18, now, like I said, I don't think I've said this on the show before, but it explains a lot about what I do. Um, so when I was 18 or so, I, I had a, an anxiety disorder, right? So I would wake up in the morning and immediately be on the verge of a panic attack. And it would be like that until I eventually got to sleep later that night, right? So I couldn't go on trains, couldn't go in cars, buses, no way, planes, forget about it. You know, couldn't, couldn't do anything because I'd just freak out, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was tough. And so I, I knew I had to figure it out, right? And I, I was trying for ages. It was, this was a good six months. You know, I couldn't really leave a couple of rooms, you know? And so, and so I kind of changed my thinking on it, attempted to change my thinking on it a little bit. I'm not saying this is easy by any stretch, by the way. And, but I think I've, I think I've gone too far because anxiety in the brain and in the body is the same feeling as excitement, but it's, but your, your brain changes it kind of slightly depending on what it is and how you feel about the situation and and everything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so now when I'm in a plane, I love flying now. Absolutely love it. (laughs) And so now when I'm in a plane, if there's turbulence, if there's like, you know, if the lights are kind of going and like, you know, this, the plane's all thrashing around, I get a smile on my face <laughs> and I'm like, can I fly with you? Can I, can we sit next to each other? And when I, when this happens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And like, this is something that, so I, it's weird. I get a smile on my face and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool. I'm kind of enjoying this. Right. But, uh, but it goes weirder than that, right? It goes weirder than that. Now, um, we've both, had, we're both saying weird stories now on the show. So this is cool. We're even, we're even, right? We've said too much. Yeah. But, uh, every, time I tell this to someone I, I still haven't found anyone that that is like hey yeah me too right so <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know it's a weird thing right no <laughs> you know what I I, I hope that uh, one day in the very near future I come back to you and I say hey you know what <laughs> we got caught in a storm cell and uh <laughs> the oxygen mask came down and I was just like this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? This is the weird thing, right? This is the thing that no one agrees with, right? So in my opinion, right, in my opinion, if I get on a flight, right, 
I get on a flight and everything is fine. It's like a six hour flight, you know, and we make it safely to our destination. I've said this on the show before. We make it safely to our destination and we land and we get off the plane. Then it's just Tuesday, right? Nothing very interesting, right? But if we get on the plane, right? And then we're going over an ocean, right? And then it goes down. Everyone survives. It goes down. And then we somehow, we, we get to this island and then we build a new life. And then we somehow get picked up and then we go to our destination at some point. Everyone's still alive, by the way. Then that is more than just Tuesday. You know what it's I'm saying? It's the show loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just want to be yes, that guy from Lost. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a hit TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to grow my hair and get ripped and be that guy from Lost. That is all I want in life. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty yeah. tall order to expect everyone to live, though. See, that's that's the rub. Like, yeah, that's the thing. That's it the might thing. be the most exciting day of your life, but I don't know if you can be like, okay, here's what I want. I want a crazy, I want a totally crazy plane crash and I want everyone to live. You got that? All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah true. <laughs> true. But like that's, uh, I mean, it's the same with anything for me. Like I was some, well, people say I was abducted, but I don't think I was. And for me, that was, that was more interesting. Just, no, just leave that there. Let's not, let's just leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like if some, it's kind of going with the face and the fear thing. If something goes wrong, like the, if, if the thing that you're scared of goes wrong, then at least you'll have a good story about it. That's how I always think. Does that make sense? It's, you know, it's so, this is so true though, because when I, when I go anywhere and then I write about it, which is now a thing that I do. I realize, and you know, I, I actually had this conversation with Ralph before, like the, I, the times when you go somewhere and, and this is even true in travel, like you have this epic vacation and it, it goes without a hitch. You're like, what do I write about? So I went to Belgium and I made chocolates and then we rode bikes and I went home. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. like it's like as, as beautiful as that was, as much as it was like some sort of like you know, oversaturated French movie, like it, <laughs> nothing happened. And then you're like, I don't, what story do I tell? Like, it's not interesting to tell everyone how perfect it was. It's boring. Like perfection is just boring. Exactly. And that is why I smile during turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> right. So. Thank you so much for coming on. I kind of, I've got my, my formal voice now on. Could you tell? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to wind this conversation down because I'm I'm having so much fun, and I know after this recording, I'm going to keep you on the phone for hours. But <laughs> we must end this. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people check out this blog and 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 watch you read you and yeah and read about, <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to say there and i was thinking about listen but to you and watch you, you listen know. to me yeah um well currently because my television show is canceled um you can't watch <laughs> me except if you're following along on snapchat and i might have um a web series but that will be announced uh, later when it materializes so in the meantime um please follow along on all of my adventures at clever Dever wherever dot com and uh social media is clever dever so instagram pretty pictures and uh twitter it's all there 
Loving it. Loving it. Awesome. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners listeners with? Listeners? <laughs> leave our <laughs> listeners with any any pearls of wisdom? Any I don't know. You well, I say that. I know you've got pearls of wisdom just all <laughs> over the place. So Well, I didn't have any prepared. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> but the fun. I'll leave you with uh, something that has been a bit of a travel uh, mantra for me. Um, someone once said it to me randomly on an airplane. If you never meet a stranger, then that's all they'll ever be to you. Yeah, so good is that? Right? Oh, I know. And I'm like, I don't want a life of strangers. I want to make them friends or acquaintances. <laughs> or acquaintances. <laughs> Some people don't get to be your friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been so Thank fun. Thank you. No worries, no worries. I'll talk to you soon. Stay inspired by subscribing to Travel Stories Podcast.